Let's gossip. Strut it out, walk a mile, serve it ancient city style. Talk it out, babble on, battle for your life, babble long. That's gossip. What you on? Money don't talk. Rip that song. Gossip. Babble on, battle for your life, babble long. Welcome to that gossip. Uh, I'm the hostess of the mostess, um, Uli, and I'll be here to chatting with. Ugh, I'll be here chatting with a legend, icon, superstar, talented, brilliant, incredible, amazing, show-stopping, brand no. new. <laughs> <laughs> sure, honors, eh? Um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your platform. I think, you know, us as creators, we should always be collaborating with each other and sort of sharing each other's platforms just to have sort of conversation and, you know, just see where we can sort of have that, that, sort of diverse um, blend between um, creatives, you know? Like, I think that's so important. The fact that you asked me to be on your platform, I, I really feel honored. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, I usually, I don't, I'm quite ambitious. Oh my gosh, why did someone try to call me? Um, I'm usually quite ambitious with the people I ask because usually they're super cool. I love what you do. So I really want people to hear about what you do, see what you do, and just chat more because I feel like you have an interesting point of view in life that you are Thank you so much. With, that I pretty much enjoy, find refreshing on the planet. Um, that means a lot. Thank you. So let's just get started. So like, what do you do in life? So if you can tell the listeners, what do you do in life in general? Like, how do you get by? Okay, cool. I feel like that's like our typical um, 21st century question, eh? Like everyone's always asking, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but nonetheless, um, my profession is a senior uh, digital strategist. So I work for a digital agency and I lead up the team at the agency for strategy. So my role really is coming up with creative ideas, um, strategic concepts, um, yeah, it's a blend of sort of creativity, strategic thinking, and then just looking at it from a sort of user experience point of view. So everything is focused around digital, but always making sure that the user experience is optimized in a very innovative way. So we create digital um, sort of platforms and services for, for, for customers, but basically for clients. So it's obviously the execution. Um, we work with really great brands, just to name a few, it's like Alain Suits, Burger King, Heineken, KWV. Um, TFG, so quite like big brands in South Africa. And then, yeah, that's that's sort of my role at um, the agency. I lead up the team. So as much as I'm doing the creative side of things, I'm also having to obviously manage the team that I'm, um, that I'm overseeing in the strategic um, department. And then outside of work, uh, that's really where I'm spilling out my sort of creative guts. <laughs> uh, I have my own clothing brand called Osout. That's, that's sort of my safe haven for my creativity. I feel like whenever I'm having creative concepts, I'm always starting to feel it in there. It's quite a personal brand. So whenever I'm executing things, it's really like, it's meaningful. There's always purpose behind it. It's not always like, oh, I, I need to push out something. I need to do something. This is really like purposeful. So whenever I feel inspired, I will execute something. Um, and then apart from that, I love advocating for um, our LGBTQ plus community. Um, it's very dear to my heart. And I think for as a South African person and a colored South African person, just growing up, I never sort of had, had that representation, sort of had role models in my life. And so 
for me, I feel like it's my sort of calling just to advocate for our community. And however that is, I always say like advocating doesn't need to be one channel itself. You know, it doesn't need to be like marching in the streets. And, you know, that's one form. But you could advocate in so many things, whether that's through makeup, whether that's through um, arts, whether that's through music. Are you expressing that advocate advocacy is, is the main thing, you know, that's your message behind it. So, yeah, that's a big part that lays behind sort of my back. Um, and I sort of col collaborate with a South African um, organization called Triangle Project. They're one of the oldest projects, actually, not projects, but organizations in South Africa um, that really focuses on sort of making sure that our, our community is kept safe and that there's, you know, um, support for them, there's safe spaces for them. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of something that I, that, uh, that I found a real big passion for. Um, so if I should just touch on the points, basically, it's, you know, I'm a strat strategist, I'm a creator, and then I'm also an advocate. <laughs> just to put that into one, one little sentence. <laughs> That's super cool. Like, I, I've worked with the Triangle Project in the past. Um, funnily enough, um, I, I started up the um, Queer Society on our campus. Um, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. A lot of years ago, and still going. So I got to work with the Triangle Project yeah. a few years ago. So yeah, always they, they definitely do a lot of amazing things. And I always say, you know, sometimes it's not always up for the organization to do so much work on their own. It's like the community also needs to support that, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they do really, really great, amazing work. So shout out to the Triangle Project team. Yeah, no, I absolutely love them. So like, my next question is like, what do you want to do in life? Like, where? Where do you want to go? Where do you like? What ceiling do you want to shatter? What, what do you mm. want to do? Yeah, I think you know, like in life for me, what I've sort of realized, um, just on my own spiritual journey, also is that whatever I'm doing in life, it needs to be sort of purposefully driven. So always just making sure that everything I do has purpose and not sort of like feeding the ego. Like you know, when I see something, I want to do this. It shouldn't feel that way. It should really feel like that's aligns with what exactly I want to do. So I think it's more of the things that I'm currently doing, you know, um, digging more into my creativity and sort of just multiplying that in many forms. Cause I think creativity doesn't necessarily need to be in um, streamlined things like, you know, your music, your painting, whatever. You can be creative in your own sort of thing. Um, and so I feel like there's multiple, multiple dimensions in creativity. And so for me, where I see myself is actually digging through all those sort of channels, you know, um, amplifying my advocacy work, you know, so how am I actually making sure that I'm looking at new opportunities to sort of advocate for our community because I think uh, what, for me personally, what I've experienced in South Africa is there, there's the lack of sort of that amplification, you know, like there's not that large community of creatives coming together and collaborating in like sort of the LGBTQ plus space. So more of that, I'm, I actually sort of collaborating with organizations, but with also brands in the future um, to sort of amplify that, you know? Um, yeah, and then obviously amplifying my strategic thinking and my um, profession in that field. Um, I enjoy doing fr freelance work as well, sort of in my profession. So how can I sort of channel that into like a consultancy? Um, where I'm actually supporting other brands or other businesses. Um, but yeah, that's the direction I'm trying to move in. Um, however that ends up being, um, I'm excited for. I never sort of try to always say like, it needs to be this particular way because the future is so unforeseen. Like you can't necessarily say, I want it that way. But having sort of some sort of vision gives you sort of that direction into like moving in that way. Um, 
because yeah, life is short, you know, you take it day by day, but still I have that big vision board. So I love working with a mood board um, and a vision board. So mapping out how I like to see things. Um, and sometimes that's on my phone. Sometimes that's actually just mapping it out on a piece of paper, but having some sort of clear direction of where I'm wanting to go, I, I got that. So it's, it's definitely in these fields that I'm currently in. So my creativity, my strategic thinking, and then obviously advocacy. That's uh, for me, I have utmost respect for people having any idea of where they want to go in life. And I mean, again, I'm, I'm a fan, so <laughs> I'm always- 100% and you know, like even me saying that, I don't know exactly where it's gonna end me up into, you know, um, but wherever it goes, it needs to sort of just be part of those three pillars. So just seeing them as pillars, that's like the most important thing. Uh, I myself don't know exactly like, oh my God, I'm going to be there, but I know yeah. it's going to be sort of gravitating towards those three pillars. So, yeah. And also like what I love about like how you said it, it's just like a lot of times we sort of channel it and try and create these finite tangible goals that like you have to hit. Creates a lot of room for disappointment and lots of Definitely. like pressure. So I definitely yeah. Yeah, because I feel like whenever you're moving in a direction that you're really passionate about, um, I don't think you should ever feel pressured, you know, when you feel like, oh my God, like, sure, this is requiring so much work and I need to do this, I need to do that. If it feels like that, then it's obviously not, it's not wholesome and soulful, you know, because it doesn't feel like it's actually part of your purpose. But as soon as it feels like, oh my God, I want to do this, I want to do that, oh, this feels good, I want to actually put this so much effort into that, um, then I feel like it's sort of aligning with exactly what you want me to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so someone asked on Instagram, uh, what's the trajectory that changed your life forever and how, which is kind of like a super loaded question, but like, I yeah, it is deep, yeah. <laughs> super deep, but I'm sort of like intrigued because like there's certain moments where like you can pinpoint, oh, that changed my life forever and how mm. I moved forward from that. Like, so, I mean share what you want but what trajectory sort of changed your life no i um to this person that asked this question i love it i think it's it's a very important question so just so, so i always say you know um you have your story share your story because it can inspire someone else um and sometimes we always have this idea of like oh no what i'm about to say sounds boring but you know like that's the thing that owns the person that you are you know so thank you for that question um but yeah, just to answer that, um, I think there's two sort of areas that really changed things for, for, for the better for my life. Personally, um, I think one, it's my upbringing. I come from a very poor um, upbringing. So it was just my mom and my two sisters and then my, I had an abs absent dad. So I didn't have a father in my life. Um, and yeah, the upbringing was quite, quite intense. I'd say like, you know, I didn't grow up with much. Um, came from a very poor um, neighborhood as well. Um, I didn't have much. But I felt like that was the thing that was sort of like pushing me in the direction that I wanted to be because it kept on reminding me that I don't want to be in this space anymore. I don't want to be here, you know. How am I going to change my life for the better so that I'm not going to end up in that same situation that I'm currently in? So I think my upbringing was the, the, the driver behind um, sort of just me wanting to change things for myself, um, but also not forgetting where I come from, you know. So I feel like once you sort of move in the direction that you're wanting to move in, just don't forget about where you come from because I feel like there's so much trauma that needs to be healed. So like me, um, like I told you earlier, I have gone through my spiritual journey and I'm currently still on my spiritual journey, but I think a lot of healing needs to take place first, you know? So 
if I'm in a position to do amazing things, is it because I'm moving and just like forgetting about where I come from, but is it moving, but still remembering, okay, like, you know, I did this wrong back then, how am I going to change that for the better, you know? Um, so yeah, definitely my upbringing, I think that that plays a big role in my, in my life. Um, like I said, I didn't have much, but I knew where I wanted to go in life. Um, and then the second thing is my coming out story. So I feel like that also just changed things completely for me. Um, um, I grew up not seeing lots of representation and role models. I never felt inspired by other people. I always felt out of place and I didn't feel right. And um, when I realized exactly what I wanted for myself, um, I always kept that in my head. I knew like, I wanted a family one day, you know? Um, I want to be success successful and not successful in the sense of just having so many positions, but successful in the sense of just being like a more aligned to who I am um, and sort of just growing in that presence. Um, but yeah, I think, like, like I said, those two things were the standout points for me. It's my upbringing and definitely the moment where um, I realized like, you know, I'm gay and I'm going to start celebrating that part of myself, you know, and not hide that um, from the world. So definitely my upbringing and that, um, the, uh, the coming out story. So yeah. I mean, definitely like, uh coming out is definitely such a almost reckoning like it's such a mm -hmm. mind-blowing experience i mean i'm not the hugest fan of the whole idea of coming out but like i believe everyone should have their journeys and stuff so mm -hmm. i really just wanted to jump on and talk about like your queer story because i love hearing about people's like journeys and discovering yeah. how to figure out they were queer and all of that so how did you like your queer story tell tell the people more about that uh, okay so um I think just hitting it way, way back, let's go back to my um, younger days. I think uh, I was in primary school. I think this was the first experience where I, I, um, I sort of felt like attracted to a boy, you know? It felt very weird because it was like, all of the other boys are interested in girls and they, you know, like when you're kids, you, you're playing around and doing all these funny things like, that's my girlfriend or, you know, that's my boyfriend. Um, and for me, I. I kind of felt in a position where I felt so confused because it was like, I'm attracted to this guy, but it feels wrong. Like, why am I feeling this way? And the reason why I felt that was because society has this way of making us believe, even our parents, when we grow up, they're like, oh my word, he's going he's gonna to be a heartbreaker with these girls or whatever. He's going to do this. And so you immediately you start infiltrating this idea that, oh my word, I need to be attracted to him and I'm not attracted to him, you know. So um, that, I think, yeah, my primary school years was definitely the moment where I experienced that I was attracted to, um, to, to men. Um, and I think most of my teen years, I sort of feed that away. So like I told you, I came from a very um, poor background. Um, I come from the hood, I come from Kavda, which is in retreat. Um, and for me, I kind of feared like, oh my word, just coming out and, you know, like my neighbors and my friends, you know, just knowing that amount of discrimination and sort of like phobia that these people have. I always find homophobia so weird because it's not a phobia, it's like hate, you know. Um, phobia yeah. is something that you fear because that thing is able to attack you or make you feel a particular way. But like, I feel like homophobia is it's just like complete hate. And so that was the thing that made me so afraid was the fact that, oh my word, all these people that mean so much to me, they're going to hate me. Um, so I just kept it away for like, yeah, I kept it away during my high school years. Um, there was moments where I definitely was bullied because I used to hang out with lots of girls. I felt like I could chill more with the girls and the guys, you know. Um, and then on varsity, um, there my life changed completely because, you know, people are more open-minded about things. Um, but I still hid it away. I didn't, I didn't want to speak about it. 
Um, I even found myself in a very dark space, you, you know, where you start actually judging gay people because you're experiencing it yourself, but you don't want people to know that you are actually gay. Um, um, so that was a moment that I experienced. And then I actually dated my first um, boyfriend when um, I was on varsity. So this was at the age of 21, 21, yeah. Um, and when I dated him, my life kind of felt, but there was this weird jump where it just felt like, oh, this feels right, you know? I feel like I'm actually living my truth. Um, and in that moment, I kind of felt like, you know, this is actually who I am. I'm gay and I'm, I'm not going to be apologetic about this. Um, I want to invest my time more into who I am. Um, and that's the moment I came out. So my coming out story started at the age of 21 when I dated my first boyfriend. My mom, unfortunately, she didn't take it so um, so well. You know, my mom comes from a very conservative background. Um, and so, you know, being gay was like taboo. You don't, you don't associate yourself with that. Um, even though we had family members in our um, family that were gay, my mom was totally against it. Um, but slowly after time, I felt like she really invested the time into understanding, understanding me. Um, so that was one thing that I really felt inspired by and sort of, I felt great about because my mom was taking the time to really understand my story um, and to see my perspective. Um, so that changed things completely. Um, so yeah, came out at the age of 21. Um, I dated my first boyfriend for a year in 10 months and I felt like that was like a perfect relationship, you know, when you're dating your first boyfriend or you're um, like you're coming out to experience, you feel like this is perfect, this is right. Um, uh, yeah, we dated for a year and 10 months, um, which was, uh, and after that we broke up, which was actually quite a sad breakup. Um, and then I met the love of my life, I met Marvin. <laughs> um, we've been dating now for five years, moving on to six years. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's my everything. It's like, you just know when that person is like your person. Um, but yeah, that's been my coming out story. Um, yeah, like I am again, like the journey of like discovering your queerness is so challenging. And like, I really hate how we have all these sort of blocks in life. Like <laughs> funny enough, like I remember I, Thought about the story just now in grade two was it grade two i can't remember grade two grade one i had my first so, such a long time ago <laughs> yeah like i feel <laughs> i feel old but i'm not but i'm old yeah but i had my first girlfriend which yes because at church she was um the mary to my joseph the christmas sunday school play so yeah. of course yeah. in my mind it was like well, this is going to be an easy route. Let's just go down that route. And so stupid because in grade two, what business did I have thinking? 100%. No, I, I totally understand you. Like, you know, even for me and myself, I dated girls and it just never lasted. It was like, you know, dating a girl for a month and felt, oh, I feel emotionally attracted to you, but not physically, you know? So I think like, yeah, I had my rounds of also sort of going that route and sort of thinking like, okay, this could work. And then, you know, life hits you in your face and it's like, well, you, this is not for you. You're not, you're not straight. You're gay. <laughs> just get with, just get with the program. This is who you are, you know? Um, and yeah, I think like life has, has really interesting ways of actually making you realize things. Um, and this was definitely one of it where it made me realize, you know, like stop living the lie. You are actually gay. So, yeah. Yeah. 
So like, how did it, so maybe can I ask you a question? Of course, please feel free. <laughs> what, what was your coming out story like? I love hearing these things. It always makes me feel a bit more inspired. <laughs> yeah, so um, I always had an inkling. I always knew in my mind. Yeah, I always sort of knew. Like I go back and I revisit all these sort of like. And it's quite funny, like every time like, I have like a little bit of a journey into that, like more blocks are almost lifted from like my mind that I sort of like created these like mental blocks of when 100%. I experienced my queerness. So yeah. um, I think I always knew and then obviously I went to boarding school in high school. So then obviously I had okay. to sit down, I had to become the manliest man possible. Yeah, um, I can imagine because you had to you had to stand up for yourself basically, right? Yeah. I mean, you're on boarding school, so there's no one else. There's no parent that can like hold you and like, are you okay? It's like I need to man up now. Yeah. Which is so yeah, it's such a patriarchy, you know. Like it's like you now need to. This is the way you need to be. You need to be a particular way. It's yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I mean, like I know I don't want kids in my life but like I advocate for boarding school almost because it sort of mm. teaches you a kind of independence especially like yeah I was fortunate enough to be able to go to boarding school because I got a scholarship so um I also grew up not having the most access to money it wasn't I'm from the eastern cape so I went to boarding school then I had a girlfriend another one <laughs> And then I sort of realized after the grade two, after the grade two girlfriend. Yeah, um, I sort of realized, oh, mm, this is not working out. So then I lied and was like, yeah, I'm bisexual. Lie, um, fully knew I was gay, but of course. And then I think I was sixteen when um, I had a psychosocial melodrama with this romance that was unrequited love, but turned into love and was chaotic with the sky. And I was 16 and I fully realized, yeah, I'm actually gay. And yeah. then um, eventually, I think I told my family when I was about 18 and they were amazing. They were just great, like super open. And I started telling more people. That's beautiful. Yeah, and then um, the only reason I told them was because I think there was a gay pastor at home or at church. <laughs> so then and my parents didn't hate the idea. So then I was like, this is my out. We can do this. Yes. <laughs> like, like if you guys have a good relationship with him, I definitely have a chance here. <laughs> <laughs> so then I came out and my family was super great. And then I came out, I think it was November 8th in 2015. Mm. November 8th, yeah. Wow, beautiful. That's beautiful. The fact that you remember the date exactly, that's that means a lot, you know, like it sticks with you. Um, I always say coming out stories, everyone has their different experience. And I know you were just speaking earlier about, you know, you thought you were bi. So what um, people don't really speak about is the fact that sometimes people actually go through um, journeys of their sexuality. So um, you could feel a moment of like, oh, I'm attracted to guys. But then you could be like, oh, now I'm attracted to women as well. What does this mean? And then um, seeing someone else and you could be uh, like interested in them. And then you, you're learning more about your sexuality, you know? So sexuality is like, it's a complex thing and people don't even, even speak about it, you know? So um, there's no one way to one thing always. And so understanding like the diversity in things makes us understand our community more, you know? Um, at one stage, we only thought there was the gay and the lesbian. 
but now we're learning so many other sort of sexualities um, and gender expressions, which I think is so, so, so beautiful and important. And why I say it's important is because the more we see about, see these things, the more we're educating people about it, you know? Um, so yeah. I, I definitely love your story. It was it was beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story. Oh, thank you. I mean, I didn't expect <laughs> to be sharing, but I mean, I love chatting about it because also like similar with you, like I, um, I love chatting about these sort of things because it's like learning, like also the fluidity of gender and sexuality is something mm. I mm. usually like, I talk about all the time and I'm kind of just like, you don't have to have this sort of end point. Like, in my journey, I realized I was gay, and then later, yeah. on, a few years later, like I started realizing mm, this gender thing is kind of boring. Like I don't fit into this mm. box where I'm like, yeah, like I am male, female. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. don't necessarily ascribe to that, and I don't think that like I had this finite endpoint. It just was in my life where I started playing a lot more with the in between, and I loved the in between more. So. I always advocate yeah. people to just, you know, fall in love. You don't owe anyone, like, this big travel. You don't ex- ex- yeah, you don't need to explain yourself, you know? Like, um, that's the other thing, like, we always feel the need to explain. And, like, you just back, back into what you were saying, you don't like this idea of, like, coming out. You know, there's a big part of our community that's like, why should we come out? You know, straight people don't come out. Why do we need to come out? Which, um, yeah, there's the, the flip side to both stories, you know? Like, I think that's so true what they're saying. Um, but at the same time, there's also the other side where it's like, we need these stories. Yeah. You know, like people's not going to know about like our stories and how do we actually advocate for that? So I always say there's the duality to everything in life. There's the good and the bad. Um, and both sides matter. Like you can't want to have just the one and not the other, you know? Absolutely. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I'm so hard, like in agreement because like, the big thing, like, I don't, like, I don't necessarily feel everyone should have to come out, but I love the whole celebrating people for who they are and yeah. stories. And so that's why I'm like, you don't, I don't like the idea of coming out, but like, come out, tell people, share. So, yeah. <laughs> why like, not? <laughs> why not? Yeah. Like, I think about my coming out that day was like the most nervous day of my life because I decided I'm going to tell everyone on Facebook because this is an easy mm. way to avoid this conversation. Yeah, so then you meet them all with the story, and then it's like, good, I'm done. <laughs> and like, literally, I think like that day, it was a Sunday, I remember because I typed out the thing. And then one of my like best friends, like for 10 years now, um, he was sort of nagging me for like the past like few months come out, come out, come out, come out, come out. Absolutely amazing ally. Um, I love him, like, he's such a good friend, beautiful. Um, yeah. nagging me for like few months for that for those few months being like come out come out come out so then eventually I typed out something being like this is what I'm going to do when I come out I'll do it it's fine mm-hmm. um and then I think that day I found it and then I was like I'm not going to do it copy pasted it and then it was like send and logged out of Facebook immediately and just closed my <laughs> um mm-hmm. but then I think I remember that day I was just like such a weight and getting all that love was love that I needed in a way. Yeah. yeah. Because I was still very much insecure about whether I was like, oh, like the whole idea. And then mm. getting that love was sort of like the first step in sort of realizing that like there's a bigger purpose, like you said. Yeah. 100%. And I think like, you know, um, just back on what you were speaking about right now is that 
there's also the side that we we don't celebrate, which is our allies and our families, like our proud families and our proud allies. Um, you know, they play big uh, a big part of our lives as well. You know, like you coming out to your family and your friends and them accepting you with so much love. I came out to my first person that I came out to was my elder sister. She also accepted it fully. You know, um, my both my sisters there accepted me fully at the, at the get go when I told them. Um, like I told you, my mom was just taking it a bit rough, but she's now fully supportive of, um, of exactly my life that I'm leading, um, which is something that I think they, they should be celebrated as well, you know, um, these people that accept um, our differences and we don't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't um, ask anyone to accept us, but the fact that, you know, these people are so understanding of our, our differences um, is is to be celebrated as well when we when we're having these pride or celebrations and stuff and I and I think sometimes we sort of forget that moments of just like saying thank you for everything. Um, so yeah, that's amazing that you know when you share that moment with your with your peeps that they were so welcoming, um, which is the case that some people don't have. You know, yeah. they don't have the privilege of actually having welcoming families or or friends. Um, so once again, this is the flip side to the coin as well. Yeah. Um, so just always being grateful for, for your experience. Um, but yeah. So you also, you luckily have a partner who's not, I don't know, that was fiance <laughs> for five, six years now. So how did you guys meet? Like, Cool. Sure. Taking it back to those lovey-dovey days, eh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I always say, just on that lovey-dovey note, I always say, when you're in a relationship, always make time for those moments like always go back to what made that jingle jingle you know um, and finding that but anyway let's go back to your question um this was uh it's a funny story i just came out of my first gay relationship um i remember uh this was a week or two after that and my friends were like you know what we're going out we're gonna go party you need to let your head loose um you had obviously your rough patch, so you just need to like, you know, breathe a bit. And we went out clubbing this night um, in town. Uh, sure, I got sloshed. I won't lie. <laughs> I got like really sloshed. And I'm not someone that likes getting like, you know, like drunk and like vomity and stuff. So this was that night when I experienced this. And um, it felt good in some way because it was like, okay, I'm getting loose all of these sadness yeah. and those feelings. Um, and I, 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 I went out. Um, and at the end of the night, we were actually heading to um, go and have supper. And then as we walked out, um, my fiance, Marvin, um, and his friends, they were standing outside. Um, and weirdly, this was actually his first night going out gay clubbing. Um, and they were standing outside <laughs> and they were standing outside and they then approached us asking for a lighter. And my friend gave uh, his friend a lighter. We then had a chat and then they were like, okay, we're going to join you guys for supper if you guys don't mind. We we're like, yeah, you guys can join, you know. Um, I, I, that's one thing I love about the gay community. I always say that, you know, like gay culture, it's, there's that, there's that community-ness, you know, in it. there's that friendliness. Everyone's like looking out for each other and sort of allowing everyone to in, in their spaces and sort of having conversation. Um, yeah, there's always that great feeling. And yeah, we went um, for supper and I was so sloshed. I even knew that Marvin was eyeing me. Because um, when I got, when we got home at my friend's place, my friend was like, you know, that guy was like totally into you. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then um, you said like, no, he was really into you. Um, and then at that time, I never had Instagram, I had Facebook. And then went onto Facebook, I 
got his, I went to go stalk his friend actually, like looking like, where is this person? And then I got his friend's profile, saw him tagged in one of the photos, went to his profile, messaged him and asked him if he's safe at home. He then replied and he said, yeah, we're safe at home. And then he sent back a blush face. I was like, okay, this guy is sending back, back a blush face. So there some some sort of flirting going on here, you know? <laughs> Um, and then yeah, we chatted for we chatted for a while. Um, at that stage, I wasn't ready to go into a relationship just yet because obviously I was dealing with my breakup. So I'm someone that when I'm dealing with someone, I like that space for myself first before just jumping into something again. Um, and whatever that may be, you know, whether it's whether it's me stressing about work, whether it's me stressing about whatever situation or something that I'm dealing with. I like filtering. Um, and for me, this was that moment, you know, this was me actually just going through my breakup and um, just understanding like what went wrong, how am I going to change it in my what, what, what was the pain points, you know, and um, just healing myself, you know. Um, and I think it was a few months later and then we and Marv went on our first date. Um, I remember us going to some place in Longstreet. That time Longstreet was still booming, you know, like five, six years ago. <laughs> um, and then I think it was just like a few months after that first date, uh, we went then on our second date and that's where I asked him if he wants to be my boyfriend. Yeah, I like that personal, personal you know, approach where you go out and you actually ask this person face to face, you have this date and um, yeah, I asked him if he wants to be my boyfriend and he was like, yep, I want to be your boyfriend. <laughs> and that was on the 20, 28th um, of, of March. Yeah, 28th of March and we've been dating now for five years. So yeah, that's how we met and that's how we made things official. And I also just, I, I'm, I love hearing the story because also like I'm a fan of like celebrating queer love because it's just like, yeah, you know, all these stories, especially like in- Like mm. it's insane. So I'm super happy. I'm happy for you because also like you share it on your Instagram so openly, which, I, which I'm which yeah. i a huge fan of. So like, how do you guys like come up with all the content that you create? Like, how do you curate your- I love, I love this question. I love this question. Um, so many times when um, I'm approached about Instagram and stuff like this, um, I love answering it because my way of, like I'm going to answer you right now is um, there's understanding like what's your purpose behind using a platform. So once again, this is where purpose comes in. Uh, for me, when I'm using different mediums, it always needs to be purpose behind it. And so just on what you were saying right now, a part of my advocacy um, work is really advocating for healthy relationships. So if I am being that vessel and I'm, experiencing what I'm experiencing how can I share that with the world to understand that you know um, the honesty behind certain stories you know so um, I think there's so much if we're looking at uh, the LGBTQ plus community right now there's so many hate crimes going on there's so many um, there's so many pain and so many hurt that's going on within our community but let us also not forget the amazing thing that's going on um, in our lives as well you know there's there's amazing and successful uh, lgbtq plus people that are doing amazing things in the entrepreneurial space in the creative space um and then just in the personal space you know so i am a big advocate for healthy lgbtq plus relationships because i, I feel like you know kids growing up they need to see representation they need to see like oh my word that that 
that two guys are having an amazing relationship. Um, yes, not every relationship is perfect, but let's not forget that there is healthy relationships out there, you know? Um, so when it comes to uh, content, I'm very um, particular about what I put out there um, because obviously it's the channel of my personal use. And so when I'm, whenever I'm pushing something out, it needs to have purpose. So the content that I create comes a lot from my creative, creative side. You know, I'm very, um, I like to create, create my, my um, content um, in a very particular way that really showcases the honesty um, behind my story. Um, and yeah, I, I just love sharing our moments because I know out there um, when I was young, I wish I had that, you know, I, I saw that and I sort of had inspiration behind it. And so I feel like I'm living my childhood inspiration in some way, you know, like yeah. um, that sort of coming through from my side. Um, so a lot of my content is really focused around um, showcasing in, um, my life in a very honest form and um, sort of just showcasing representation um, but also educating our community about certain things. You know, there's a large part of, of South Africa that's that's not aware of like our rich queer culture, and that's like that's big for me because I want I want our people to be reminded that we also have an amazing culture um, within South Africa and in Africa as a whole. You know, um, there's so many great stories. There's so many um, great LGBTQ plus people that's doing amazing things. Let's celebrate that. You know, and so my I use my platform to showcase that. Um, but also to share part of my personal journey. So, yeah. I mean, I, again, again, I content enough, huge fan. And like, I really do appreciate just seeing that content because, you know, as you said, there's so much wrong going on right now, but like we tend to focus on that. We generally avoid like mm. the good and just mm. pretty, the nice that like we are almost depriving ourselves of. So. 100%. I am such a big fan and I'm excited for you and Marvin because I can't. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. Yeah, it really, really does mean a lot. So like, um, as we just spoke about, like um, South Africa is going through like, um, especially South Africa, there's quite a lot of vitriol and wrong going on. So like someone asked like, what's the biggest challenge you faced um, in South Africa as a queer person? And I really wanted to, um, well, I feel, these, these questions are amazing. I love these questions. Really, they really, they really are good. Um, on that question, um, I think the biggest challenge I'd say is the fact that there's an absence of amplification of our community. Um, when I say that, I don't necessarily mean that, oh, everything needs to be queer and everything needs to be, you know, glitz and glamour and whatever. But hey, can like, the trans person switch on the TV and the gay person switch on the TV and be like, look mom, look dad, there's actually like this amazing show that I love and that has queer representation on it. You know, there's this ad with this brand that's doing amazing things. Like, can we see more of that? Um, so I think that's, I feel like that's a big challenge in South Africa is that we don't see enough representation in media um, and so more in the real life. Like I think, you know, our legislation protects um, LGBTQ plus people to, to, to a certain degree, like it looks amazing on paper. When we look at our rights and um, all of these opportunities, opportunities that is allowed in South Africa for LGBTQ plus communities, um, our community, um, it's amazing. It sounds amazing, but when you look, look, at, look at it in the real world, you don't see much of it, you know? And so I think one of the biggest challenges in South Africa is the lack of that representation in media. 
um, when we look, and I always say this, like, I, I, for me, I personally wouldn't want our community to focus so much on what's happening abroad and celebrate what's happening ab abroad when we're not even celebrating what's happening here, you know? Like, come back home and let's start celebrating our greatness and our um, successes and our LGBTQ plus community and our creatives and our entrepreneurs. Um, so I think that's a big challenge in South Africa is that we don't have much of that amplification, you know? We have amazing laws. Why don't we celebrate more of that laws, you know? Um, just now I saw uh, that um, South Africa in the, I think, top 30. They have the first trans woman. Like, you know, that's big. Why are we not speaking about this? Why are we not making this big news in South Africa? So that's major. And um, I think once again, like I said, there's not amplification of that. Another big challenge is like stereotypes. So I feel like there's this big stereotypes that, um, that I always I'm faced with like often is where they where um people would approach you and be like, no, but you can't be gay, you're too straight to be gay. And I'm like, that doesn't define anything, you know, like that just the same way in heterosexual lives, there are um people with just different personalities. It's like the personality shift, you know, that's the only thing. And so you can't expect everyone to be the same way. And so the stereotype of gay being one way. Um, that's one thing that I think feels quite challenging in South Africa is that we have this idea that being gay is only one way. Yeah. Yeah, and like I really just want to like um, just roll off of that and just jump into the next question of like how South African queerness, like how we differ so much because there's so many stories that like we don't talk about here that I mm. love and that like Again, like we celebrate Pride in October, not June, but we yeah. we don't recognize that like the 13th of October was the first march that we had, like with Simon Collins. Yeah, 100%. And then we have like, then we have like a Cape Town Pride and then a Jogu Pride, but like, can't we just celebrate this like Pride in like one, you know, like one one month sort of as a, as a country, you know? Um, so I definitely think when it comes to that question of like differences, um, I think like once again, I think there's the, the media bit that's like lacking uh, so much in, in our space. Um, like I feel like the successes are there, but it's not spoken about and celebrated and shared, you know. Um, I just feel like my previous answer was sort of just aligning with what exactly I was saying yeah. um, to this question. But yeah, I just think like the amplification of like celebrating queerness, um, like it's, yeah, it's completely different to that of um, when you look at the representation in like America or the UK, you're like, oh my God, this like UK times is this amazing campaign and this this thing happening. And and I'm not necessarily saying that it just needs to be focused on creativity, but there's other things, you know. Um, there's the people that's that's LGBTQ plus in in like in government and in parliament and stuff like that. But that news is not new, it's not spread, you know. Like we don't know about these things. Um, so once again, amplification of representation, inclusivity. I feel like that's a big difference when we're looking at like South African context and like um, overseas context. Yeah. So then my last question <laughs> um, for today <laughs> is what does pride mean to you? Because I mean, we often talk about pride and it's, um, you know, like everyone has the discussion of like pride, but like it's such an individual thing, I feel. Yeah. So what does pride mean to you? Okay, so pride, yeah. Pride to me, um, I feel like pride is like a celebration of self. So, you know, when you step into your light, um, 
you start celebrating yourself. So pride is that thing where you just start celebrating who you are and your identity and your queer experience. Um, but at the same time, pride is also celebrating those people that came before us and, you know, um, your Marsha, your, um, your Marsha, your QP, there's, you know, there's so many other people that's, that needs to be celebrated um, with both South African context and overseas that sort of, sort of represented our queer community, you know. Um, and then I think there's also the celebration of all those chains um, and conditions that are held us back, you know, and breaking free from that. So there's that burst of color where you just feel like, I'm actually free because there's this moment where, that moment where you feel like you're coming out to yourself personally, you feel so liberated, you feel so like all these chains are just being ripped from you. So yeah, that's what pride means to me. It means it means so much. It's just like a celebration of yourself, of those that came before you, and then also obviously you're breaking free from all of your all of your chains and the conditions that held you back from just stepping into your life and being who you are. What does pride mean to you? Pride to me, I think it's um I I spoke to someone a few years ago and they um, when they answer this question, I love the answer so much that I have to steal it. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like taking back your narrative. I think it's your story. Yeah. yeah. It, like, like you said, stepping into your own life. It's that sort of owning your narrative. It's this narrative that belongs to us. It's living your truth. It's just, you know, going through all those like there's so much in our history that we have um, and we have so much that we've lost um, that I don't think we need to hold ourselves back anymore. So mm. pride to me is like living your truth unapologetically, um, taking back the narrative, owning your narrative. So for me, that's pride. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. I always say like, you know, your story you make sure that you're taking back your your story and you're sharing that story with, with the world. So I think that's 100%. You've got it spot on there. I, I agree with you. Um, just taking back your story and only your narrative. Yeah. So that was the episode with Brandon Lee. Um, please tell everyone where they can find you on social media because they need to follow you now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at Brandon Lee Fred. Um, I'll be joining TikTok soon. Um, uh, actually, just with my fiance, I was like just sitting down with him and I was like, okay, how am I going to use TikTok? You know, like, you know, TikTok is quite big. Um, and I feel like, you know, with each channel, there's different things that you can use it for. Um, I have this vision of what I'm wanting to do on TikTok. But yeah, TikTok coming soon. Yeah. But for now, Instagram only. <laughs> um, and you can find us everywhere at um, Mason underscore NMB. Um, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having us this conversation with us. Um, I will see Thank you. I will see everyone soon.